Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Free record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Hey, welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob and Kelly, we're at the Southern Bancorp Studio here in Hattiesburg. We're glad you're with us this afternoon. Patrick McGee from NOLA.com joins us later in the show. We're about to bring on one of our favorite guests. Uh, Coach Dorley McNellis is uh, coming to us today from Lubbock, Texas. First, we want to remind you, though, about Dickey's Barbecue Pit, proud supporters of our program and Southern Miss Athletics, including Lady Eagle Basketball. It's a great place to enjoy delicious food seven days a week and a fantastic place to cater your next event, uh, whether it be big, large, or in the middle. All right, Coach McNellis, as we said, we're very happy to have her back on the Eagle Hour. She is at the National Junior College Basketball Championships in Lubbock, Texas. And, Coach, how are you? I'm doing good. I tell you what, it's bright and sunny here. This morning it was 32, but it's supposed to get up around 68. Well, good. That's quite a that's quite a difference in temperature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. you're <laughs> not kidding. You're not kidding. Well, I know you're How's out there the watching Hattiesburg. Well, it's kind of warm and cloudy. You know, we we're supposed to have a baseball game here last night, and it was mm-hmm. clear. But the forecast was for rain yesterday. I don't think it's going to rain here today. And it's going to be about 60 degrees, but just kind of overcast today. Yeah, well, no rain. That way we can beat Alabama. There we go, Coach. All right. Uh, <laughs> basketball season just ended. Your your ladies go 18-12 and 12 on the year. You were 10-4 and four at home, 6-6 six and six away, 2-2 two and two on a neutral court. We've got lots we want to talk to you about. But, Coach, I, from, a, from a fan standpoint, I mean, I, th- I thought your guys played really well. And I think any time you win 18 games in a season, you've had a pretty good year. Am I right? We did have a pretty good year, uh, Bob. I was really uh, proud of our team, and I really, really enjoyed coaching this team. Um, not because we just won eighteen games, but because of their character, and you know they worked really hard. We had very competitive, competitive practices, um, you know, and there were a lot of good things. And you know, this year we were faced. We go to Western Kentucky and Marshall, and we don't have four players because of COVID. We lose those two, which I think very easily could have been a different outcome if we would have had everybody. Then we lose Macy Weaver, that was our starting four player that went down the transfer from Arkansas. That really hurt us with an ACL. And so, you know, then we just had concussions. I've never had so many concussions in a year. Um, we've had multiple had multiple concussions where kids couldn't play. Lauren Gross was out. She missed eight games this year due to concussions and so you know it's just it was really a crazy year and so I think with us winning 18 games is really a success I really do right. believe no, that I agree. Just, just because we had so much up and down with injury and sickness and those things yeah but with those... and I'm really proud of this team and you, and, well, was that, and you and you mentioned Macy Weaver and uh I know you were in the. She's the graduate uh, graduate kid Very that sure. transferred from Arkansas. You were really counting on her to to be a big a big plug in, weren't you? Yes, yes. And you know, Macy had a lot of 
bad luck. When she first got here in the summer on day one, she broke her nose and just totally broke that side of her face, basically. And so she did not even get to practice with us till we started after Labor Day. I mean, because they wanted to make sure it had healed. Mm-hmm. Now, she had surgery. And so she comes back, gets back in the flow, starts going well, and has just really tremendous upside. And bingo, then she goes down with a knee injury as we get into conference play. And so that was real disappointing for us. Uh, right. But, yeah, I was really, really counting on her for sure. Right. Well, well, you know, Dom Davis is our other transfer, and, you know, she was newcomer of the year, and, was definitely a game changer for us. Well, coach, with all the uh, with all the COVID players that couldn't play and the injuries, couldn't we just have declared all those games no contests? That's right. I mean, we'd have had that. We'd have been the number one. No contest means, but I know it meant do not play (laughs) and be rewarded for not playing. So, so, so your team gets eighteen wins, and of course, we talked about it and documented it here yesterday on the Eagle Hour. The number of teams in the WNIT field who didn't even come close. To winning 18 games. A couple of teams yeah, had records. teams had a losing record. Losing seasons. Yes. Yeah. yes. Okay, so, so what gives? Well, I think, number one, I think that if we would have had more success down the stretch, you know, we lost to Rice, should not have lost that game. Um, you know, Charlotte was a tough one, but, I mean, they're really good. We won at UAB. You know, so I think those things are what's important in how you do in your final 10 games. I know in the NCAA, they look at it. And our final 10 games was, wasn't like we were 8-2. and two. I think if you're 8-2, and two, then that gives you an extra nod. And so I think we kind of hurt ourselves a little bit. But I also think getting that first win in the conference tournament helped us, you know, right. because it was a convincing win. And, you know, middle shot lights out against us. Now, the next game they did, and they got beat in three-point range. I mean, got beat and still shooting threes. But I, I just think, and the NIT people were at the game. Uh, the lady, Sarah, that helps, is on the selection committee or heads up the selection committee for the NIT. I know she wished I didn't have her number. Because <laughs> <laughs> I was texting her all the time. I called and talked to her before the conference tournament, and she said, you know, you're on the bubble. After we lost the rice game, I called and asked her about that. No, you're still in it. You're still in. You know, then we went from on the bubble, and then after we won the first game, I said, well, are we still in the talk? And she said, yes. And then we lost the medal. I called her again. And I said, does that mean we're out? She says, no, but you're still on the bubble. But it'll be a longer shot. We're not sure. It depends on what happens in the other leagues. But what disappointed me is what you're talking about. Yeah. Is there were teams with losing records. I, I don't care who they are. If they've got a losing record, they shouldn't be in. And then there were some mid-majors that got in that won 16 games. That I felt like that we, we should have been in instead of them. Yeah. But I'm going to tell you this. Conference USA has never gotten respect in recent years, you know, since the conference changed. And, you know, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's lack of marketing, we need to play better teams or whatever. But I'm telling you, Middle Tennessee is really, really good. And I felt like them and Charlotte both should have had an opportunity, even though they got beat. 
to play in that conference well, in, well, in well, the NCAA. Coach, here, here are we some examples. SMU, 14 and 14. San Diego, 16 and 14. Ohio, 15 and 14. Houston, 16 and 15. But this is the glaring one. Vanderbilt, 14 yeah. and 18, and they're in the tournament. Yeah, and then Minnesota's pretty bad, too. They're like about like Vanderbilt. I correct. Think. That's correct, yes. 14 and, and so, 17. Minnesota, yeah. 14 and 17. Could the, yeah. could I, the, was, could, I was disappointed, I will tell you. Could Conference USA have done more to help you get in the tournament, Coach? You know, I don't know what they did, to be honest with you. I don't mm-hmm. know what role they play in it. I really don't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure what they did or if they did anything or if they did a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. I, Honestly, I, there's just not been a lot of communication with them. I, so I, I, don't, I don't know. I think that's been the perception of the Conference USA all along is men's sports, women's sports, whatever sport, they don't do anything. <laughs> it doesn't no. appear, you know. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I don't know what role they've played in that. Um, you know, I've even looked back at us as as coaches. You know, what could we have done other than winning a couple of more games? You know, what could we have done to better market our team? And you know, sometimes they don't like that, but right. in the NCAA, they don't. They don't want to hear it. And, and I'm not going to ask you to say this, so I'm just going to say it. They actually rewarded North Texas for not coming yes. over here and playing by giving Correct. them a no contest. That half a game kept you from getting the two buys that you and I talked Correct. about before yep, that game. It did. It did. That is the truth. And I think, too, North Texas got in to the NIT, and that game could have made a difference there as well. Because it would have been a home game for us. No question. No question where you were 10 and 4 on the year. Where, right. you, where you were right. 10 and 4 on the year. Okay, we're going to keep Coach uh, McNallis around. Uh, we want to talk to you about a new recruit that uh, you've just signed. Also, want to talk to you about, uh, I guess now you, you're officially you're moving to the Sun Belt and want to get your thoughts about that. And uh, sure. then there's a rumor that was floating around about you. We want to put to rest on this show. Oh, coach. my gosh. Is, is that good with you? <laughs> I, I'm all about it. All right. We're talking to Coach Joy Lee McNellis. She's at the National Junior College Women's Basketball Championship. She's in Lubbock, Texas. She's going to rejoin us on the Eagle Hour on the other side of this very short break. Don't want to miss this. Stick around. Hey, welcome back to the Eagle Hour. We're talking to uh, basketball coach Julie McNellis from Lubbock, Texas. She's at the National Junior College Championships. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. 
great place to buy you some Lady Eagle swag and uh, some baseball swag and whatever uh, you choose. They've got a great selection of it at Campus Bookmart. You can also shop them online seven days a week at campusbookmart.net and have your stuff delivered right to your front door. All right, we resume our conversation with uh, Coach McNellis. Uh, before we move on uh, to the uh, to the new conference and all, I-, I do want to give you a chance to mention a new kid that you just signed this week, Coach. Yes. Her name is Femi Funis. We recruited her out of high school, and she went to Seton Hall and, and played there and had a pretty good career. Now, she's had some injuries, too, uh, but was recruited very heavily as soon as she went in the portal. As soon as I saw her, I still had her dad's phone number in my phone. And the ongoing joke was her dad was her agent coming out of high school. So he wouldn't let any of us talk to her. So when I called him, I said, Fred, he said, Joy McNellis. I said, okay, I want your child this time, but I have one question. Are you serving as the agent? Because you wouldn't <laughs> let me get her last time. So I need to know. He started laughing. No, he is from... Um, Nigeria, her dad is. And he said, no, coach, no, coach. It's open field this time. It's open field. I just wanted her to get that education. She got her degree in chemistry and physics at Seton Hall. Yeah, she's really smart. (laughs) And so so then her mom, Fatima, she remembered me. So we all FaceTimed and had a good reunion. And so Feeney came and visited with her parents, and it was a done deal. So we were very, very fortunate to get her. She has had tore her Achilles in the early part of their year last year, uh, but she is back. She's with the trainer, working regularly, running 100 yards. Lift. Actually, they sent me a picture the other day. She deadlift 150. That's a lot for a girl. Yeah. That's a lot for a girl. Yeah. And uh, so she's rocking and rolling, doing school development. So we're looking forward to having her in. She's just very sharp. Good. You know, and she'll have two years to play for us. So that's awesome. And obviously very smart. All right. Yeah. We won't won't belabor the point anymore about the NIT and what Conference USA did or didn't because we're moving on now, Coach. And uh, have you had a chance to really take a look at women's basketball and the Sun Belt? And what what would be your early observations about that? Well, you know, I've known the coach at Troy for a long time. I've known her since she was a kid, actually. When I was an assistant with Coach James many, many years ago, one of her dear friends was on our team back then, Michelle Fournay. And so I've watched Shanda rebuild programs everywhere she's been, just at home. She was at home junior at one time, went to Pensacola State, had a great career, and has revised that pro- revamped that program at Troy, and they just keep reloading. You know, no doubt they're the number one team in the league, uh, as it is today in the Sun Belt. They're really good. NCAA tournament. They did not get in this year. They are in the NIT because they got upset um, in the conference tournament. But I will tell you, they're good. Louisiana Lafayette is good. UT Arlington is leading the league, but they they were a very good team in it. You know, of some of the teams that are leaving, Little Rock, which is a traditional power, they're leaving the league. But then you bring in James Madison, very, very good team. And then ODU's coming in as well. And, of course, us and Marshall, I think that, that adds something to it. But, you know, South Alabama's always been a challenging team to play. Um, you know, I have to say a shout-out to my son at Arkansas State. 
you know, they're they're rebuilding. Their staff is here at the Junior College Nationals recruiting. And so I just think it's going to be interesting because I do think that the Sun Belt really is more our style of play. You know, they have some three-ball shooters, but they don't live and die by the three. I think our styles will match uh, in play. And so I'm looking forward to it. And the reason I'm looking forward to it is just the regional competition that you have. ULM, just right up the road, South right. Alabama, and right. Florida Rock. And I just think it creates more rivalries than what right. we had overall in Conference USA. And, and we know you, you don't have to worry about beating South Al. We know you do that all the time. You, yeah, you, you, you were the only one that did that for a while, Coach. We right. appreciate you for that. All right. Thank you. Coach McNellis, this has been all over social media, and God bless you that you don't get on social media. But it was, I mean, blowing up, as they say, going viral or whatever the term is, that Coach Joy Lee McNellis is about to announce her retirement it could happen any day now, but it is <laughs> happening. To which okay. you've got everybody in the Eagle Nation listening to this, either live or on podcast. <laughs> Have at it, Coach. What is the truth? Well, I am not retiring. I don't even know where that came from unless Jeremy McLean and his staff wants me to retire. <laughs> uh, I don't think I that's do it. I do not have any plans to retire anytime soon. I will at some point in my life, but no. I wouldn't be out here recruiting in Lubbock, Texas, if I was going to retire. And, you know, I think that when coaches retire, it's got to be in your heart that you know it's time. And even though I've had health issues, you know, I've continued to press on. You know, sure, do I struggle some days? Indeed. But, you know, I've got to look at it as, you know, God's given me an opportunity to continue to coach and try to help young girls live their live their dreams and heck no so everybody in eagle nation that is listening Good. i am not <clears throat> retiring anytime well, I, soon i'm glad Unless we put the administration tells me i need to retire i'm glad we put that to rest and once again <laughs> it, it it proves don't believe anything you see or hear on the internet i mean it means uh it means it means absolutely nothing well we're glad to hear that coach i and, and the conversations you and I had toward the end of the season, and I told Kelly this, when we, when we were getting calls and what have you, that I just didn't believe it. I, I didn't hear one thing come from you that made me think that was even on your mind. No, not at all. No way. Not yeah. anytime soon. I still got a little juice in my bag now. <laughs> I'm not worn out yet. <laughs> hey, real quick, before good, we're glad we're glad to hear that. Before we let you go, you. Uh, there is a local junior college playing out there, Jones. Talk a little bit about that and and what you're looking for out there at the at the tournament, Coach. Well, I, I can't really comment on them by NCAA guidelines, but they are out here uh, <laughs> in the junior college national tournament. It's just always a fun tournament because you know it's like the NCAA for us four year schools, and so. It's really enjoyable from a fan standpoint because you get to see young ladies really perform at sometimes their highest level. Mm -hmm. And then you get to see players that are kind of the unsung heroes of the team that really step up and make a difference when you're surprised by it. Like, who is that kid? Mm -hmm. Just like we were watching a game, Jack Trusper, my assistant's out here with me. And I said, Jack, who is that kid? I 
said, her hair looks like my hair when I played back in the 80s. I said, I like her. He said, do you like her hair? Do you like her? (laughs) So, um, you know, it's just a fun tournament. And, you know, it's something I always enjoy doing is going to the national tournament. And I'll be ready when this is over and we finish our recruiting to to step away and recharge my battery. But that's going to be a few weeks yet because we still got recruits coming in on visits. Now, how many kids can you sign this recruiting period, Coach? We we ideally we could sign three. Um, ideally, I would like to sign two. Mm-hmm. And um, not you know, counting not counting the kids you just signed. No, 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 oh. not counting her. Okay. No, we'd like to sign two perimeter players. Is what really we need. It's two. One's got to be a three ball shooter. We just got to continue to add that to our arsenal. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's really what we're locked in on. And to you know, be these, very honest with you. these national tournaments, when when you don't have a huge, enormous recruiting budget like some of these power fives do, you got to get the most bang for your buck and and go into a national <laughs> tournament like this, coach. You can see two hundred different young ladies all in one spot oh, in one trip. Indeed. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah, you know, and then so it makes it a whole lot. I will tell you though. Airplane tickets went sky high over yeah. the week. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Uh, what the prices went. So, but yeah, it's so much more affordable than, you know, it's Pauline Love at Arkansas that my, one of my dearest, dearest players that I have that I love. You know, she's just hopping on charter planes going here and there and walking. <laughs> and uh, I, I said, Are you going to the, you going to, why? No, I've seen all those kids. I, uh-huh. Well, the charter I took up. So that's right. nice. Right, yeah. right. Well, North Texas does that too, unless unless there's a thunderstorm between yeah, them yeah. and some. The weather won't permit. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Coach. Uh, listen, we love having you on our show, and uh, we yeah, thank you thank for you spending guys. some time with us. And we're glad to hear that you're not retiring, Coach. We never thought you were, but uh, no, we're, we're glad not. you clarified that for us. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right. Enjoy the tournament, Coach. Okay. All right. Coach Jorley McDellis, everybody, from uh, Lubbock, Texas, at the uh, National Junior College Championship. Okay. Scratch one more thing off of social media that didn't amount to nothing, Kelly. And and when people said, well, Jay Ladner, you know, I said, look, I just saw him at the State Junior College Tournament. I said, he sh- the way he was recruiting down there, it sure didn't look like that was a guy that was on his way out to me. You know, and, of course, now that has come to fruition too that uh, so she said she still has a lot of juice in her bag that's right that's what she said right and and beware a woman that's got a lot of juice in her bag buddy get out of the way (laughs) this lady never sleeps (laughs) that's right all right patrick mcgee nola.com a lot of rumors about the new quarterback potentially in new orleans we'll talk to patrick about that next I want to thank Coach Joy Lee McNellis for spending all that time with us out in Lubbock, Texas. Really appreciate her uh, walking out of the gym to talk to the Eagle Hour. Always uh, glad to have that fine lady on the show. This segment is sponsored by 4th Street Bar and Grill. Guaranteed the basketball game is going to be roaring down there tonight, uh, as will the cold beer and the poor boy sandwiches. I mean, that sounds like a pretty good deal to me. And 4th Street Bar and Grill have all the Southern Miss baseball games as well. Uh, all through the weekend, so make sure part of your weekend is spent at 4th Street Bar and Grill. 
Patrick McGee is with NOLA.com. Patrick joins us uh, every Wednesday from the Crescent City of New Orleans. And it's always there's always in New Orleans, there's always talk about the Saints, Patrick. And, and now the talk is that Deshaun Watson from the uh, Houston Texans could possibly be the next Saints quarterback. Yeah, it's uh, it's been a lot of buzz this week, and a lot of buzz is uh, built on facts. Uh, the Saints, the Panthers, the Falcons are apparently kind of coming to the picture. The Browns as well. Uh, they're all making cases to the Texans and, and meeting with Deshaun and and trying to see if they can bring him on. I mean, in the NFL, you know, it's not every day you have a shot at a top flight quarterback, and I've always liked Watson. Uh, as a quarterback, as a pro, and all the way back through college, and but there's the baggage. Uh, I mean, just yesterday he was providing uh, a, a deposition in a, a lawsuit. Uh, that it, I think it's 21 or 22 lawsuits uh, pointed at Deshaun. So I know here recently a, a district attorney didn't move forward with uh, charges in, in relation to those cases, but obviously it's just. Still a lot going on around Watson. There's still a chance that he would face a significant suspension from the NFL. So uh, team, you know, the Texans are apparently asking for a lot. Are you really willing to kind of put up uh, a lot of your own uh, players on the roster and some future draft picks? It's, it's just a lot for a very uh, complicated situation. Yeah, yeah. And, and don't the Saints have a pretty good quarterback? Well, yeah, I mean, if they want to bring Winston back and sign him, I, I think it would probably be a decent situation. I, you know, I think he's got a chance to build on what he did uh, during injured short injury shortened season. Uh, if they bring him back and and kind of you know work with more of the personnel, you know, Michael Thomas back in the fold. I know Kamara maybe faces a suspension himself, but you know, you get him back there. It's it's an offense that's going to be pretty good and yeah. can maybe open things up. Maybe pick up another receiver or two if not through free agency, possibly through the draft. So the offense has a chance to be significantly better next season if Winston is the guy. Uh, and obviously bring Watson in. Uh, who, who do you give up for Watson, I guess, is kind yeah. of, you know, well, that's wait and see. Well, let me ask you this question, Patrick, because this is the kind of thing that perplexes me about the NFL. Kamara gets in a fight, and they're going to suspend him. Deshaun Watson is accused by, what, 19 or 20 women of molesting them, and the NFL is okay with him playing? Yeah, I, well, I mean, the NFL still could come down pretty hard on him. On him. It remains to be seen. Because uh, uh, the NFL is conducting its own investigation. Uh, I, I'm not sure why it's dragged on at this point. It seems like everything's kind of been already out there. Uh, but it's, it's yeah, I mean, it's it's the balance between the two, uh, it's, it's an issue, in, you know, a lot of professional sportsmen in football, you're, whenever you balance a, a guy getting in a fight at a late night at a casino or multiple accounts of sexual assault, uh, it's been really hard for the NFL and a lot of professional sports allegate, uh, organizations to kind of figure out how to balance the two. And pro- they're probably not doing a very good job of it, you know? Yeah. And they've got to figure out way, what to way, to kind of weight these issues and figure out what, what better way to punish these guys. And Deshaun Watson has more baggage than Southwest Airlines will even let him pay for. Yeah, you know? he, he brings a lot of baggage to the. And, and I can't. And if he were to get suspended, let's just hypothetically say he goes to the Saints, he gets suspended for a period of time, and then if Kamara gets suspended, you've got two of your studs that can't even play. 
right. you know, because right. of those situations. But here's, here's the point that I wanted to make. You hear even high school coaches say all the time, I don't care if you are the best player. If you don't behave and, and tighten up, you're not going to play. Mm. You know what? That is, that's a lie, generally. That's a lie. The fact of the matter is, is talented athletes, regardless of the sport, do get special treatment. Is it fair? No. But life isn't fair. And to Bob's question about, you know, how, how could Deshaun Watson possibly even be considered to, because he's good? That's why. And it's wrong. And you hear, like I say, you hear coaches say that all the time. Well, if you don't, you know, behave, you're not going to get, that's just not true. If you're the best player, you're going to play. And deep down inside, players know that. Right. And it's a shame, but that's, that's the way it is. Right. Yeah. Well, interesting to see. The Saints are owned by, by a lady, correct? Yeah, yeah. And and she'd have to sign off on that, I'm assuming. Yeah, and she's fairly hands-off when it comes to the football operations. She's like, hey, what do you need? You know, mm-hmm. she's that type of owner. Um, she's not somebody that really kind of, you know, puts her neck out on political issues. She donates a lot to charities in town, obviously, and stuff like that. Uh, but when it, when it comes to issues such as this, you just haven't heard much from her. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, the Saints have been relatively lucky over the years in terms of dealing, not dealing with stuff like this. Uh, but right now, you know, you, when you're pursuing a guy like Deshaun Watson and uh, and then also have a, a situation with Kamara, uh, I know uh, uh, one of the defensive is Carl Granderson has kind of a checkered pass in this regard. So it's, yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, they're owned by an owner, but she's kind of handing it over to everybody else that says, y'all do it the, the way y'all best, y'all thinks best. Patrick, free agency started on Monday, but we really haven't seen anything from the Saints. They've been really quiet during the free agency signing period. Yeah, I think that was the expectation. Uh, they went through a legal tampering period where they can talk and negotiate and come to agreements on contract, but I don't think it was until today, if I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, that they can actually start signing guys. And the expectation is the Saints would kind of sit back early on and see how things play out. They, they, they weren't going to be big buyers, so that's probably the best way to approach things is mm-hmm. to see how things kind of play out and what kind of numbers guys are getting. Uh, so that's, that's basically the position the Saints are in in terms of they feel pretty good, pretty good about the personnel other than you know, a quarterback, maybe a receiver. They, could, they would like to see some upgrades. They did sign a safety. Uh, apparently, they're bringing back Shy Tuttle, the defensive lineman. They put in a tender on Deontay Hardy, the receiver slash return guy, but that's really is the, uh, the 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 action that we've seen up at this point. Signing May the the safety from the Jets. Are, are they ex- are they expecting to keep Armstead? Do you think on the offensive line? That's a big question mark. I think a lot of uh, that kind of factors into the Watson situation as well. Uh, Armstead's a big, big, but he's a big old question mark right now. It, it's really uncertain where he kind of fits in. But I think if they do pursue Watson or he somehow. Armstead factors. If they get Watson, I think the chances of getting Armstead uh, go up. But I, I think I, I'm of the opinion that Armstead goes. Well, Armstead, Armstead is is rated as the top lineman that's available, and whoever gets him right. is going to pay through the nose for him. Yeah, and he's been he's been too he's been injured a lot in the last two or three years, so the investment for the Saints probably hasn't paid off. Uh, the last couple of years. My, my thought is is they'll pro- probably have to move on. From you know, if you really wanted to punish Deshaun Watson, you'd send him to the Commodores. <laughs> That'd teach him. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> All right, Patrick, uh, two minutes left. Uh, Jay Ladner back as the basketball mm-hmm. coach. We were not really that surprised. Just based on on our feel of the situation, were, were you surprised at all? And uh, your thoughts about that? No, I, I I wasn't surprised. I thought it could have gone either way. Not uh, saw the reporting or whatever that you know. I, I can't remember last time I looked at Ladner's contract, but that he would say if he had been let go, he would have been owed the remainder of his contract, which was six hundred fifty thousand dollars. Correct. Uh, which just is not a tenable situation right now for Southern Miss in terms of leaving the conference. And I know they want to move forward with the renovations on the Coliseum. Uh, so they're just kind of biting the bullet as far as I can tell. They just, at this point, they just can't afford to uh, pay off uh, Jay Ladner and just have him kind of move on. But new, new opportunity to start afresh, in a sense, uh, going to the Sun Belt and two years left on, on his deal. So let's let it play out and see see what, how it works, right? Yeah, and, and <laughs> it's going to have another fresh late next season appears because a lot of his best players are entering the transfer portal. Right. Uh, so it's it's he's going you know he's going to, have to be a busy man getting that roster back in place and getting some go to guys on uh, on that well, roster. That has changed everything, hadn't it, Patrick? The transfer portal. Yeah, and anytime you come off a season like Southern Miss had, and you think you can play for a, a program that can compete, and that one that can put you in a better position, it's going to happen. I, I expected it, uh, and and it's you know playing out pretty quickly. Yeah, Bob. If there was a transfer portal in the NFL, the Commodores wouldn't or Commanders. See, you got me saying Commodores now. The, the Commanders wouldn't even have a team; they'd all be fleeing. Yeah, the all, oh boy! Thank God they're in the transfer. I never thought about that, but thank goodness they're in the transfer portal. Yeah, you're right. And of course, who who else would take them? Right. I mean, I they, you, based you got, on their history, I'm not thinking they'd be a lot. All right, Patrick. We appreciate you as always. You and Blue have a good weekend. Uh, down in New Orleans, and we'll look forward to talking to you next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Patrick McGee, everybody, from NOLA.com, our go-to guy for the New Orleans Saints. I would be really surprised if Deshaun Watson wound up in New Orleans. I really would. I don't I don't think that's the I think Jameson Winston is a good quarterback. I yeah. think you find a backup for him and, and give that kid a chance. And he bought in last year. He behaved himself. I think he's a young man that knows this is his last hurrah, and I think he's going to take full advantage of it. And the backup quarterback will not be Teddy Bridgewater. He already signed, so it won't be Bridgewater. All right, we'll wrap up this edition of the Eagle Hour, talk a little bit about the baseball game, which is now about four hours away when we come back. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Fourth segment of the Eagle Hour today, sponsored by D1 and DBAT. Great place to take your children for baseball and softball training. Great place to take yourself if you want to fine tune your game, whatever your sport is. They have a program and some great fitness instructors and uh, people that can help you. Beautiful facility and a state of the art right there on Hardy Street. D1 and DBAT. We thank them for supporting the Eagle Hour. I want to thank Coach Lee McNellis for joining us. That was a wonderful conversation with her. Always enjoy our time uh, as well with Patrick McGee uh, at NOLA.com. I hope Deshaun Watson doesn't come to New Orleans, Kelly. I don't think – I really don't think uh, with the potential entanglements with the, right. with the NFL, mm-hmm. I don't think that's going to happen. But 
there's you know they think maybe a 50 50 shot at this point right so we'll see all right basketball uh sorry baseball tonight uh we're a little over four hours away alabama in town to take on southern miss uh you know, it's a it takes on a different perspective than I than it had this past week. I I really thought uh, the way Tanner Hall was pitching that every midweek game the Golden Eagles would would be in great shape uh, to win. But you don't know with him off the mound. Uh, we suspect we suspect that tomorrow we'll see that he's starting this weekend at some point. I'm going to think Friday night, but we'll see. Uh, so it's kind of a different ball game now, Kelly. But as Scott Berry mentioned Monday right here on the Eagle Hour, they're heading now into their second season. And that's what's important to him. It is. So so pitchers in particular, which is what we're talking about, how uncertain perhaps the rotation might be for this weekend. The first season is when the coaching staff really evaluates most all personnel, particularly pitchers. All right. Then when you get to that second season, that's the one that counts as far as seeding in conference, you know, your conference tournament, you know, et cetera. Those are the ones that really count. All right, so once you reshuffle the deck, then put your pitchers in order there. You obviously want who you think are your top three, not to overstate the obvious, but those guys to be your starters you know, on the weekends going into conference play. So that's what's, that's what's happening now. Uh, here's another question. Uh, so you, you're now determined also, I'm, I'm sure, who your top three or four relief pitchers are. Do those kids see any action tonight, or do you just cool their arms off to this weekend? No, I think I think they have to be ready for this weekend. Um, now, again, Southern Miss has got what twenty guys, yeah. you know, twenty guys that, that could. So it's not like they are short-handed, so to speak. Right. Um, so and and actually, the more work you can get those guys, generally that's a good thing. But this weekend is a lot more important than sure. tonight. Now, look, Southern Miss, they're not coming in here to roll over for no, Alabama, no. nor is the Tide coming over here. And the Tide's going to do the same thing with their pitching staff. Yeah, and, and of course, right. the fact they got beat by North Al last weekend, they're still getting hung up in their lockers by the, right. by the bigger kids for that right. loss. All right. right. So, the, so they want to come in here and beat a good Southern Miss team. Yeah. So it's it's shaping up uh, it's shaping up to be everything that a fan would want it to be. And that should be exciting, yeah. Yeah, you you talk you see a lot of fans on social media talking about this could be this could be a record yeah. number of uh, fans at the Pete tonight because Alabama's going to bring their share of folks too. Yeah, these weren't the same people that saw Joy Lee was retiring, were they? I, I don't know. I didn't I really know. check. Yeah. Um, I'd have just assumed North Alabama had not beaten. Alabama last week. <laughs> yeah, awake the sleeping giant or whatever. But again, when it comes to, to baseball, Southern yeah. Miss doesn't need to back down to no, anybody. They're, they're the everyday equal of Alabama, if not a better program than Alabama. And you did mention at the top of the segment, Bob, uh, basketball. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Missy Bilderback and the Jones College uh, Lady Bobcats or Bobcats women's team. They are playing at four o'clock this afternoon at the JUCO National Tournament in Lubbock, Texas. They were the Region 23 winner, and uh, so they're playing out there in Lubbock. Of course, Jay Ladner won a national championship at the JUCO level when he was at Jones. So, Speaking of, we'll be on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. Yes. So we're looking forward to what we think will be a very informative and an interesting conversation with Coach Ladner. And, and all dis- in full disclosure, I was shocked when I heard the news yesterday that Tay Hardy had entered the transfer portal because after talking with you know, some of the players who, who were around him and knew him and talking to some of the Pearl River guys who were in, in touch with him quite a bit, I, I just really thought he was a firm go for right. another year. Right. So I was wrong. I was wrong. Now, he may wind up back at Southern Miss, but I was just shocked 
to see where he had entered the transfer portal. And that's no guarantee, as you know, Bob, that uh, just because a kid enters the transfer portal doesn't mean he's going to get another offer. We we uh, put something on our Facebook page, Eagle Hour Facebook page yesterday that we saw posted elsewhere that showed how many kids in Division One basketball entered the transfer portal last year. The vast majority of them didn't end up anywhere else, so you, you don't know. And let me say this about Coach Ladner. Coach Ladner agrees to come on this show, and he never asks us what the questions are going to be. He never shy, He he never comes on and says, "I'm going to come on, but I don't want you to ask me about this." So he is an open book when he comes on the show, and we have some we have some serious questions to ask him tomorrow. And he will give us serious answers. He will from his perspective, you know, he as to where, where the program goes from here, with or without Tay Hardy. Because I thought Tay Hardy was going to be a real anchor, and it could right. be where Tay Hardy winds up with the Eagles again. Right. Time will tell. It should be a fascinating conversation. Southern Miss, Alabama tonight at 6 o'clock, Pete Taylor Park. We hope we see you out there. Look forward to talking to Coach Ladner on the Eagle Hour tomorrow. And until then, everyone, oh, we're going to be at Fuzzy's Tacos come Friday. Always look forward to that. And getting ready for the Owls of FAU this weekend. Southern Miss. To the top. Mississippi Media Production.